Okay, so Troy today has agreed to share his story with us. And the floor is yours, Troy. You can start. Thank you, Louisa. Um, thank you everyone for the meeting and letting me come to speak. It's, uh, they talk about sometimes being out of your comfort zone. This is one of those times. Um, all of a sudden the butterflies went from 10 to about 10,000 in my stomach. But um, luckily I've, I know that we're all here kind of for the same goal, the same topic. So that helps. Um, so I'm Troy. I'm dead. Part of me is definitely an alcoholic. There's another part that was a drug addict, um, but there's other parts too. And in this format, I'm allowed to introduce myself that way. I did it, just said alcoholic for a couple of years. And then um, <clears throat> the last time I came home from rehab, in 2022, that's when I changed it because I, I wanted to try to keep telling myself that I'm more than that. Anyway, um, so I was born <clears throat> May 25th, 1966, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We moved to my dad's hometown of Berwick about three months later. So I grew up in Berwick, Pennsylvania, a little steel town in, you know, near the coal region in Pennsylvania, Susquehanna Valley. Um, Roman Catholic kid, altar boy. I blessed bishops with incense in my day. Um, the reason we moved back to Berwick, my father inherited a bar room. And so we owned a bar room and we lived upstairs seven kids, um, at least for a year or so till my oldest sister moved away. Um, had my first beer at four years old. When I was a, a little kid, whenever I could, I would hang out at night behind the bar with my dad and, you know, there'd be sports on the TV or whatever. And guys would come over after bowling at the bowling alley and shoot darts. And, you know, it was a small town. So we kind of, even though I was little, I knew kind of who everybody was. Um, but my father didn't drink. He told me he got drunk once in the army back in the forties and he hated it. So he didn't drink. Um, but Opening the car door for General MacArthur must have, uh, well, that's how, that's how disciplined he was, that he got a job opening the car door for General MacArthur. Um, growing up, I was not as disciplined, um, although I tried to be. Um, 12 years old, my friend Dave and I stole a six-pack of beer from the bar while my parents were gone and hid it in the creek behind my house until dark. Uh, so 12 years old was my first drunk. We got sick 
made a mess of his parents' house because they were away. That's why we did drank it there. Um, but we got away with it. And I don't know, even though I was really sick, it didn't phase me not to do it again. Um, coming from a family of seven and a lot of, you know, post-World War II families around there, baby boomer families, every family just about had five, seven kids, whatever. And so we all had older brothers and sisters who could buy us stuff that we couldn't buy yet, you know, like alcohol um, and drugs too, a little bit. Um, you know, by ninth grade, marijuana was part of the scene for sure drink by ninth grade drinking was a regular weekend thing i was 14 by the time i graduated high school i was free basing cocaine probably once or twice a month at somebody who was 10 years older than us um, at his place but we did little errands for him so he turned us on to free base in high school um, luckily we didn't have the money for it to do it ourselves. Um, because that, I, it eventually, um, after I moved to New York, it eventually was introduced as crack. And, you know, of course I dabbled a little. Um, so I graduated high school in 1984 and went to New York city, um, uh, to join an apprenticeship in the bricklayers union and which I'm still a member of today. Um, it was nice to be away from all the compliance in my life and making my own money so I could eat when I want, you know, do, had my own apartment. Actually, I had one in Pennsylvania for the weekends and one that I shared with roommates in the Bronx during the week. So um, I kind of had the best of both worlds. I had New York City all week and then Pennsylvania countryside on the weekends. Um, all my friends, everybody I knew, except for my father and my brother Eric, drank and had fun and partied. I, I noticed those two folks. And it's funny because the two of them, my father and my brother, Eric, when I didn't have them on a pedestal, I hated their fucking guts because they were, um, to me, they, they were really abrasive and, um, I don't know. My mother was a hugger. So that's, I guess that's where I get my hugging from my my two, my brother, Eric and father were not like that and they didn't drink. So I thought that was part of the reason. Um, so let me try to, so from 84 to 88, I worked in New York city and Chicago and I can tell you Chicago is a great town. If you want to go out, um, for a couple of years, I worked back home in Pennsylvania. Um, there was a president we had in the 80s whose solution was build as many federal prisons as you can. And for the bricklayers, it worked out because we got a lot of work from it. But so that's what I did in Pennsylvania until I moved to Massachusetts, where I am now. 
1992. Um, I had a girlfriend that moved with me. She's from here. Um, we lasted about a month or two. And then I ended up meeting the woman who is still my wife through some, I don't know what, some form of magic or something. I don't know what to call it, but she's not, she's given me a, a lot of, um, a lot of opinions or, or ideas about finding help over the decades, but I never, I told her she was full of shit. I'm fine. I'll do it myself, by the way. Um, Cause I'm Troy, you know? Um, so we, um, we only knew each other. We were dating for about seven months when she got pregnant with my daughter, Veronica. And um, then two years later, we had a daughter, Guinevere, who was born too early and she passed away. Um, and that's what my wife did for work, a neonatal intensive care unit nurse. So delivering, um, you know, a preemie, she was very familiar with what was going on. It was the worst day of my life, I could tell you that. Um, and then two years later, our son Reese was born in 1998. So my my daughter Veronica is 29 now, and my son is 25. <clears throat> and unfortunately, they've seen a lot of my bad days. Um, so that's something that I work on in sobriety is, um, you know, trying to be a, a better uh example for them and you know try to help them lighten their load and not just make it perfect like like I went through um I um uh, it started out pretty good um around the year 2000 I there was a big job here in Boston and to get on it you had to take a drug test so I couldn't smoke pot or do cocaine and all that stuff. If I felt like it, I only could drink. So I thought I had to drink a lot more to relax, which, you know, I don't know what there was knowing what I know now, maybe there wasn't so much I had to worry about as far as needing a reason to relax, if that makes sense. But, um, over the decades, um, you know, it, it took about 10 years to, to ramp up. But then once it started, it really ramped up a lot. Um, by the end, I was, you know, it was a 24-7 thing, physically, mentally, um, everything. Everything was second to alcohol. Um, I had a lot of, you know, people talk about lows. I, I probably had at least a hundred times of kind of life threatening things. Um, 
that didn't change my mind. I mean, then the next day I didn't never blamed it on drinking or whatever, or if I did, I thought, well, I don't feel good. Maybe I better have a drink and I'll feel better. Um, I went into congestive heart failure at 50 years old. Um, my wife, who was never a drug addict or alcoholic, uh, had to have a transplant, a liver transplant. And that didn't stop me. Um, I have a defibrillator in my chest because of my heart failure. That didn't stop me. Um, I don't know. Finally, just one day I realized I'm going to lose everything I've just worked my whole adult life for over drinking. Um, and so I went to rehab the first time in 2020. Um, in the heat of COVID, uh, it was uh, September 20th. Ironically, next year's conference will be on the, the weekend. I would be celebrating four years, but I'm not. I won't be. But right now I'm celebrating. I August 22nd was a year. Um, and I will never forget that one because it's my it was my wife's 63rd birthday. Sorry, 62nd birthday. Um, and I was in rehab. That, I was already there for two days, but it took me the, till the third day to, to really could say I was sober. And it was her birthday. So that's how I spent. That's how she spent her birthday that year alone. And I was in a rehab for the second time. Um, the drive home from there was the longest 72 miles in, of my life each time because... Like I said earlier, I don't know, maybe I did something right over the years, but she let me come home again and I'm still here. I'm sitting in the office right now, um, sober, happy, not hungover, able to speak to you. Um, so my strength, my wife and kids, again, you know, not giving up on me, letting me come home. Because if, you know, if I was alone and felt discarded, you know, I could see myself uh, throwing a huge pity party. And the way I drank before, I'm surprised I didn't die of alcohol poisoning, but I would probably just drink myself to, you know, until my heart stopped beating, uh, which which reminds me part of my experience. I mentioned drugs before because they were definitely off and on a big part. And um, I'm a bricklayer, but I, I kind of have to joke about this now. The Our front steps are brick, but our side porch that we use every day for in and out is wood. <clears throat> and I, I'm lucky because I overdosed on heroin in my driveway and when I fell and my head bounced off the porch, my wife was able to hear it because it was wood. If I would have fell on brick, it probably would have just made a thud and I'd be in the ground right now. Um, two shots of Narcan, um, I guess it took. And I just remember waking up, opening my eyes, rolling down 
the hallway of the hospital and I thought I was in it like in the Twilight Zone movie or something. It was, I don't know, I don't know if I died or not, but it was dark wherever I was. Um, so I just want to be honest about that. Um, so my strength, the fellow, my wife and kids and, you know, the fellowship, I know Ron mentioned earlier, we are an hour away and I've known him for a long time now, since I started coming to zoom meetings, uh, right around new year's, 2021. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad you put it that way, Ron, because that's going to get me off my ass to get to Rhode Island. Um, but there's, it's just amazing to me. I got lucky. The first meeting I found when I Googled it was the Rockland Free Thinkers. So I thought it was a town 20 miles up the road from me. It ends up, it's Rockland County, New York. But um, the people, and I, I had to look up secular too afterwards because I was a Catholic kid. Um, within 10 minutes of the first meeting I went to, this gentleman read the script and I, I didn't know, you know, you had a script and, you know, things were formal like that. I thought that was just in the IOP where it's a medical setting. So I was, I couldn't believe how comfortable and I don't mean this in a wrong way, but like impressed with, holy cow, what a, what a way to start a meeting and get everybody feeling good um, about themselves to be here. At least that's what I thought. And so my first meeting within 15 minutes I shared, which is totally, especially back then was not a thing. Um, so, you know, just the fact that, um, Actually, this came up in a meeting last night. I was we we one of the topics was what's special about the preamble to you, and I I waited for everybody to share because it was, you know, everybody had a lot of great reasons, and I agreed with them. So I could just say oh, I concur with all of you, and I, what I thought about it was, it's even better than fishing because if you go fishing with a bunch of people you might talk about other shit that you don't want to talk about. And here we have one goal, one topic. There's no outside, you know what I mean? I think you all know where I'm going with this. Um, so it is so refreshing to be at a place where um, whether everybody's doing great or not, we all just want to stay sober. And I, I, I couldn't imagine for 40 years of partying why anybody would want to be sober. Even the high, hangovers and the near deaths and everything else, it didn't, I couldn't understand it. I'm starting to, to figure it out. Um, and again, I mentioned earlier, my, I'm finally going to meet my, in, my outpatient counselor for the first time tomorrow in person after three years. So I can't wait for that. Um, she's really 
she's really been um, instrumental in keeping a good attitude for me, especially in the beginning, because I didn't want to do stuff. I, I, I fought for a little bit about doing it myself. And she, she would just be like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, come, come back. I'm going to send you the email anyway. And then I would, I kept going and loved it. Um, my hope is to volunteer in AA as much as I can in a effective way, if I can. Um, I mean, in a nutshell, I, I'm kind of doing a living amends because the uh, around here, I drank alone all the time. Um, so I think, honestly, the people, unfortunately, that I affected were only my wife and kids. So I'm doing like a living amends. I have to um, one day at a time. I want to let them know that they can be comfortable if they call me or if they need me for anything. Um, I want to, I, I want to um, kind of, you know, give more than I take for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, AA, my, my wife is thrilled that I go to about 10 meetings a week and I feel like it's on zoom. How could I not? Because all I have to do is sit on my ass in my house. And for years and years, people went out in the weather and different places driving half an hour or more to go to a meeting. And all I have to do is sit down and hit a button. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say we've already made our reservations for Orlando She's going to be hanging out at Cocoa Beach an hour away for the weekend while I'm in Orlando. But uh, she, I probably wouldn't do it if she didn't go. Um, and there, I did have one other issue once about and I, and I thought about not returning to a meeting and she pretty easily talked me out of just go back. And luckily she did because it, my day went from a zero to a million after that meeting. So yeah, she's always, she's always there uh, for support. I'm lucky. And um, I think that's about it. I'm just glad I'm sober. Thank you.